Everybody has needs. And oftentimes those needs are taken care of by other people. Well, God has brought us together as a Christian community, so we have the opportunity to do that, to take care of each other's needs. Now, the Apostle Paul found himself in need when he was in prison, but he also found that the Christians had rallied around him to give him support. He reminds us of two things when that happens. One, thank God for how he takes care of our needs. But then there was another thing that he did that's kind of interesting, and he reminds us that we can take that opportunity when our needs are taken care of to turn around and take care of somebody else's needs, all because we have a God who supplies all of our needs. Let's listen to his words of encouragement from his letter to the Philippians, chapter 4. Gary? I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied, now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. So when someone has a need, see what you can do to fill that need but always recognizing that the perfect source for our needs is God. But there's another thing to remember, too, that people's needs goes beyond what their physical need is. There's also the spiritual need. One day there was a group of men who brought their friend to Jesus because of his physical need. He was paralyzed but also because of the spiritual need. And Jesus saw that spiritual need. It's the same need that we all have for forgiveness. And in Jesus, all needs are perfectly met. So when it comes time to helping somebody in need, let's also remember to bring them to Jesus, who's the one who provides that perfect help we need for our heart. Listen to this, to this account from Matthew chapter 9. Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, Get up, 
take your mat and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to man. People have needs and they have a need for the Lord. Let's remember that as we help people in their needs, we bring them to the Lord. Right now, we invite our young children ages three through second grade to go into the entryway to meet the teacher and to be taken to Children's Church. Knowing that we have a God who meets all of our needs, let's profess that with our statement of faith today entitled, God Takes Care of Me. Together we say, I believe that no matter what this life brings my way, God knows about it and will take care of me, come what may. Health or sickness, riches or famine, life or death, I know God takes care of me in every situation. So I call this to mind, and I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not overwhelmed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. The Lord is good to those who have hope in him to the one who seeks him. I know it is good to wait quietly for the deliverance of the Lord. Though trials may come our way, God shows compassion to us. So great is his unfailing love. I call on your name, O Lord, and even from the depths of despair, you hear my plea, my cry for relief. You come near when I call you, and you say to me, do not fear. Because of the ultimate sacrifice of my Savior, Jesus, my soul is safe in my heavenly Father's arms, and I have nothing to fear because God takes care of me. May God bless us with that faith. Now we join in singing the song, My Savior, My God. Savior, my Savior loves my 
sinful man to die. You counted strange ones to die. Before I knew my Savior, my Savior loves my Savior. This my Savior is always there for me. My God, He was my God. He is my God. He's always gonna be my Savior. Loves my Savior. This my Savior is always there for me. My God, He was my. Have you ever found yourself in a difficult situation? One you felt maybe you were outnumbered or maybe ill-prepared or ill-equipped. You knew that you needed some help. What were you going to do? You know, you're generally a smart person, strong, capable, but sometimes you just need help from others. You see, that's why God put us together as a Christian community, so that we would worship together, study together, work together, fellowship with together, and this, that we would pray together and pray for one another. As we continue our walk through the Psalms this summer, today we want to focus again on one more Psalm that was a prayer, and this one teaches us how to pray for others. It's a Psalm of David, Psalm 20. Here's what David said. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy over your victory. And lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now this I know. The Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. Lord, give victory to the king. 
answer us when we call. You know, I think sometimes a question that Christians often have on their mind is, how should we pray? In other words, we want, to be, we want to be diligent in praying, and we want to get the benefit, the blessing of praying, but sometimes maybe we struggle with, how should we pray? Are there certain ways that we should pray? What works? You know, even Jesus' disciples asked him one day, Lord, teach us how to pray. Now, Today, if we want to know how to do something, we usually Google it, right? Or we go to Amazon. Well, if you went to Amazon, you would find that there's a ton of books all about how to pray and how to improve your prayer life and how to teach others to pray. All good stuff. Uh, in fact, this fall, our, our Sunday morning Bible class is all going to be about prayer and, and how to become better prayers. But today, we have a simple way to learn how to pray for others. David gives us three simple things that we should include in our prayers. The first was, when we pray for others, exercise confidence when you pray. Confidence in the Lord. Here's how he started out his prayer. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. It's kind of an interesting phrase, huh? May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. Sometimes I think when we pray, we tend to um, maybe rely a little too much on ourselves. That is, maybe, you know, you know, what we're saying, how we're saying it, how often we've said it, or maybe just who we are, or, or what we have done, what we can show God that, you know, we're kind of worthy now, listen, and, you know, help us out. Prayer, answer to prayer is not about us. It's about God. And that's why David was teaching us to exercise confidence in the Lord when we pray. And he used that phrase here, may the name of the God of Jacob protect you. Now in the Bible, there's some 200 some names that are given to God. Why did he choose the name of the God of Jacob? Well, Jacob, you know, was one of the patriarchs of the um, nation of Israel. In fact, the name Israel came from his name. You see, after Jacob had spent many years north of Canaan uh, uh, getting married and raising his family and all his possessions, he decided it was time to go back home, go back to the land of Canaan. But he knew that it was a little precarious situation because his twin brother was there, and if you recall, uh, Jacob had stolen the family birthright from his twin brother and then went up to Haran in order to get away from his brother's wrath. So he wasn't quite sure what he was going to experience when he returned. Well, the Bible tells us when he got to the border of the land, he had a vision at night in which he was wrestling all night with some man. Now, here's the ending of that story. This man said to Jacob, let me go for its daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go, let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what's your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but 
Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. The man that Jacob was wrestling with was God. And that's why God gave him the new name, one who wrestles with God, Israel. And what he was teaching us with that is, that's how you pray. You wrestle with God. You hold on to him. And that's what David was saying. Have confidence when you pray. Confidence in the Lord that he will hear you. Because he's the God who invites us to wrestle with him. To hold on to him in trust. Because he will hear us. He knows what our needs are. He cares. And he has a plan to meet those needs. That's why we can pray with confidence. God hears and will answer. Now, in fact, David's going to give us another reason we can pray with confidence, and that is that God does answer. But listen how he phrases it. Now, this I know. The Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, and summon horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. David was saying the confidence we can have in the Lord is that he's going to give us victory. Now, whenever we have a particular need, we look for somebody who can meet that need. If we're sick or hurting physically, we look for a doctor. If the car doesn't run right, we look for a mechanic. If, if uh, we're in a family situation and, and we're hungry or need clothes or need money for the movies, we go to the parents, right? So we're always looking for somebody who can meet our need. Well, all of those people are human beings, and they're flawed. They will not always perfectly or adequately meet our need, but that's not true with the Lord. The Lord will perfectly meet all of our needs. David says, he's going to give you victory. How do we know that? You know, we like to have guarantees. What proof do I know that this person can help me? What proof do I have that what they're going to do is going to be what I need? David gave us the proof. He said, he gives his anointed victory from his heavenly sanctuary. Now, it might be that David was thinking about himself as the Lord's anointed because he was anointed as the king. Maybe David was thinking about how, when he was a teenager, he took on that, that big giant Goliath and won the victory. Maybe David was thinking about all the times he had to run away from his predecessor who was trying to put him to death so that he couldn't take over the throne. Don't know exactly what he was thinking, but... There's another anointed to whom the Lord gave victory, which is the guarantee that the Lord will give victory to us. That anointed is the Messiah, which means the anointed, the Christ, Jesus. God gave victory to Jesus. He gave him victory over sin. Every temptation, the Bible says, that you and I face, Jesus has faced it too, but he faced it without falling into sin. He got the victory. He won a righteousness for the world that's given to us through faith in him. We might say, well, what about all the sin that's in the world? 
What about the sin that's in my life? Jesus won victory for that too. Because with his death, he removed all of our sin. He takes away our guilt. God's punishment for our sin was put on Jesus. So we have the victory of life. We might say life, but what about death? That final enemy of death was broken, was smashed, was defeated with Christ's resurrection. So we have a perfect victory in Jesus. And that's the assurance then that God will hear and answer our prayers with victory. So listen to these promises that were given about God and prayer. Paul said, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Wow. God can do more than we can ask, more than we can imagine. And then the words of Paul that we heard just a few minutes ago. And my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. According to his riches. God doesn't bless us according to poverty, but according to his wealth, his riches of grace in Jesus. Do you see, we have reason to pray with confidence. When we have particular needs, we look for somebody who can help us. We want to have confidence in them. So, you know, people have come up with these things like Angie's List and all these other kinds of things that are referrals now. So you look, for, you look for a plumber, you look for a mechanic, whatever, and you see all these raving reviews about them. You say, boy, that's the person I want. Well, what do you do when you need a, a need that is absolutely guaranteed and from someone who's perfect? Look to the Lord. Be quick to pick up prayer and go to him with absolute confidence that he will hear and bless you with victory. So that's David's first tip about praying for others. Pray with confidence. Now his second tip is this. Just simply express your concerns for others when you're praying to the Lord. Express your concerns. And, and he, in a, in a summary way, gave us three things we should pray for. He started out saying, may the, name of the Lord, uh, may the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. With that, he's simply indicating, go to the Lord for help. And we might say that the help he was talking about comes in, in two forms, protection and, and provision or support. You know, protection's a big item today, right? Whether you're driving or flying, whether, whether you're thinking about the, the fire season or earthquakes, uh, whether you're thinking about the crime rate and safety and then having to lock your cars and lock your doors and kind of always watching who's around you when you're at the mall or whatever it might be, protection is on our mind. The Lord knows that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And he is always with us to protect us. He has surrounded us with his army of angels. So we can pray with absolute confidence then that he will protect us. Ask him for that help. He will also provide for what we need. 
we uh, know that, especially when we experience lack of things or when we're worried about how things will be taken care of uh, ahead. When, when we see our own weaknesses, our own failures, we are reminded we need help from the Lord. We are assured that we will have it because he says the Lord opens his hands and satisfies the desires, the needs of every living thing. Now he said he will do that from the sanctuary. Now maybe David had in mind his church, his tabernacle or temple. And the sanctuary was that holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was, which was a symbol of God's presence. But over that Ark was a cover. It was called the mercy seat of God. That's the reason we know that God will help us and that God will answer us. Not because we've proven ourselves, not because we deserve it in any way, but because he is merciful. Well, we don't have an Ark of the Covenant. We don't have a mercy seat over it. But we do pray in the name of Jesus, which is why we can be assured we get mercy from God. But I think David was thinking higher up than that corner of his tabernacle. He was referring to the heavenly sanctuary where God lives. You see, unbelief, or a weak faith, simply looks to see, what do I have in front of me? What are the resources that I have that will help me? Faith looks higher than that. Faith looks beyond that and sees a God in heaven who rules over everything and who loves and who cares. So pray for others for the help they need. Now he gives us a second thing to pray about for others. He says, may he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. Well, now he's talking about the people's spiritual life. And what he is praying for is their health, their spiritual health. That was symbolized by the sacrifices that they brought. Now, very often in our prayers, we pray for people and their health needs. And that's very appropriate for us to do. But let's also remember that they have another health need, and that is their spiritual health. They need to know that the Lord loves them and cares for them and has forgiven them in Jesus. And that's what was pictured in those sacrifices. Those sacrifices were all about remembering that there is a relationship they have with God that comes through the death of somebody else for them. Well, it wasn't that animal. An animal can't restore us to a right relationship with God. But the Lamb of God does, Jesus. With his death, we are restored to a right relationship with God. It's because of that, then, that David was saying, may God accept your sacrifices. May he show you his love and welcome you with his open arms as a forgiven child. He also spoke about uh, the, the burnt offerings. That's when they took the whole cow and they put it on the big barbecue grill that was outside in the courtyard, the altar of burnt offering, and they burned up that whole cow. It was a, a sacrifice that was to symbolize their dedication now to God. And that's what he's praying for. May you be totally, with your whole life, dedicated to God. 
So while it's appropriate that we pray for people and their physical health, let's also remember they need the blessing of spiritual health to know the Lord and his forgiveness and love for them in Jesus. And then the third thing he urges us to pray for. He says, may he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. May the Lord grant all your requests. What he's teaching us to do is to look forward and to ask God to bless our hopes, our, our plans. You know, our prayer shouldn't be just about fixing what's wrong today, but also asking God to guide us into tomorrow. Yesterday when I was visiting uh, inmates in prison, I shared this verse with them and encouraged them in their prayers to think beyond, beyond the blessing that they need to, to get their parole, but to think of that whole life path that God has in store for them, to seek his blessing on every step of their way so they finally reach that heavenly home. You know, maybe we experience too much troubles now because in the past, we weren't praying for the future. So David encourages us to pray for God's guidance into the future. So sure was he that God would hear that prayer and bless. He said, may God grant all your requests. Boy, you read that and you start making a list, don't you? Well, here are all my requests, Lord. But let's also remember to pray as your will, Lord, would have it. Because our wants may be fine, but God's will is always best. So let me give you a little uh, assignment for the week to pray for others. Start by simply listing the people you know and what their needs are. Maybe it's a physical need, a spiritual need, maybe a need for their future, for guidance, for God's blessings in their life ahead. Make that list and then pray your heart out. Because David said, may he bless all your requests. So simply pray your heart out. You know, when, when we, we have a particular need and, and we look to somebody for help, we want action right away, don't we? Right? I don't want to be put on hold. I don't want to be told it'll be a week before someone can come out to look at your air conditioner or whatever it might be. I want action now. God will give it to you now. Who could be better to go to than the Lord? So pray. And then when you pray, watch what God will do. He will give you the victories. But there's one more thing. After you've exercised that confidence in your praying and you have expressed all your concerns for people, David urges us to do one more thing. And that is now to exalt the name of the Lord. Listen to what he said. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. You know, we can be pretty quick to come up with our requests for God of what we need. We should be just as quick to thank him, to acknowledge what he has done, and to praise him for those blessings. You note how David Put that right into his prayer. Because praising God is important. In fact, in another psalm, David quotes the words of the Lord to remind us to do that very thing. You're probably familiar with this verse. 
Call upon me in the day of trouble, the Lord says. I will deliver you and you will honor me. Honor God. How? Well, you went to him with your words, so honor him with your words. Honor him with praise and thanks in your prayer. Honor him with praise and thanks as we get together like this to worship God. Honor him with praise and thanks as you take the blessing he gives you and now use it as a blessing for yourself, for others, and to his glory. He also said, may we raise up our banners in the name of the Lord. Moses, when he was instructing the people how they were to gather together and to journey and to march into that land of Canaan, called upon the Lord to be their banner. Now, we would maybe refer to it as like a flag, just like people hold up a flag maybe to identify themselves or their country or their team, and it's a way maybe to, to call attention to their, themselves and, and their cause. And that's what David was saying. Let's raise up our banner for the Lord. Our banner for the Lord is simply when we proclaim what he has done for us. When we share with others the victory the Lord has given to us, the blessings through prayer and that victory in Jesus. That's how we exalt the name of the Lord. So what will your banner say? What will your banner be? My friends, that's not a rhetorical question. Because prayer is not just some rhetorical thing we do. It's a real thing. And God's answers are real. So may our praise of God be real. In other words, let's share the victories. In your bulletin this morning, in the uh, section that talks about uh, mission news, you will see uh, some little stories that our members reported when they handed out those bags of blessings that we prepared to hand out to homeless people. They are simply sharing the victory of God's love being shared with somebody else. Whatever way you choose to do it, share the victory. Give God the praise. So what are you doing this summer? Have a special trip made? Have some special activity you want to do? Maybe there's some special people you want to visit. Well, David reminds us we can do all of that simply in prayer for others. May God bless us as we use our words in prayer to the Lord for blessing others. Amen. When we reflect on our prayer life, we recognize maybe some weaknesses that we have had. We can go to the Lord in prayer and ask him for that forgiveness and strength to improve. Let's do that now with our prayer of confession. Together we pray, God of Jacob, forgive me when I forget to seek your help for me or others. Forgive me when my doubts overtake my trust in your will and working. But of this I am sure, in Jesus I have forgiveness. Thank you for your faithfulness, A.M. May God bless us in prayer as he blesses us with forgiveness and with his spirit that we live faithful lives in glory to him 
and in service to others. Amen. At this time, I would uh, ask you kindly to fill out a welcome worshiper card. It's the yellow card found in the hymnal rack in front of you. Uh, one side is for our members, another side for guests and visitors. If you are visiting us today, we extend a warm welcome to you. We hope we get a chance to meet you after the service. We certainly invite you to worship with us again. When you have finished filling out that card, you may simply put it into the offering plate as it passes by you this morning. Now, with thankful hearts for the blessings God has given us, let's gather our offering.
when we 